As we begin, I want to remind you that we have a website, bumperstickerfaith.com. We also have a Facebook page, and we're also on Instagram, so find us there. And you can also find how to become a BS crew member through our website so that you can support us to keep this thing going. And today, we're talking about revival. And I just want to say as we begin, unless you're okay with awesome things not happening in your life, then uh, then don't confess your sin. What's up, what's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Bumper Sticker Faith, a.k.a. BS Faith. And it's a rainy day in Chicago land. What's up, my brother Sam? How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, I love the rain. I, I think I like, like the rain. I think I'm part duck or something like that. <laughs> I love being in it. Like, I don't care what the temperature is. I just love the rain. There's something calming for me mm. about the rain. Mm. And I just love it. I wish I could be like in a bubble right now mm-hmm. with a nice blanket and a comfortable chair and like a a nice, crispy, but moist cinnamon roll <laughs> from Sour's Bakery in Carroll Strain. Like outside in the bubble. In a bubble, yeah. Okay. So I can so I can like see the rain yeah. and hear it hit the bubble. Yeah. And then I'd like to have like a little hole that I can open mm-hmm. where I could feel a little like as raindrop hits the bubble and a little bit of water like Splashy. splashes on my face. Huh. So it's like a snow globe, but like a rain globe, but yes. like a reverse rain globe because I want something the rain's on the outside I, of yeah, you. Yeah, but I want something to, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. But I do want something to get in, but not just a lot, <laughs> not a lot of some, but I want to be warm too. So that's my dream, man. Wow. That's my dream. That's kind of what people in uh, Asbury are experiencing, a renewal. A renewal. A revival. A revival. Like a, a refreshment. It's a re-something. A, a rain, you know, God pouring down on them. God was, man, he wasn't just pouring down. He was like drenching. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about today. What? Yeah. Again? We're going to talk about Asbury. Asbury. Uh, Asbury, renewal or revival. So we're going we're gonna to get into that. And our special guest expert we have today is, drum roll please, Sam and Lewis. Yeah, it's just us chickens here. We the experts. <laughs> duck, I'm duck. Yeah. You can be the chicken, I'll be the duck. Yeah, you are. The, do you know ducks, speaking of ducks, they're like symbols of humans because ducks are on land, they're in water, or in the sky. And that's kind of like uh, we are made for this world, we're made for another world. Did you just come up with that right now? No, it's true. Really? Yeah. They're like symbolic of humans. Huh. And like how okay. we, again, we're from different realms, just like the duck. So anyway, they say you learn something new every day. So I just learned mine early yeah. this morning. So I don't have to learn nothing else today. See, Doc Lewis. Doc. So let's start today. I have a clip that I stole illegally from the, I think it's called the Between Two Trees podcast. Okay. They went down to Asbury and they did some interviews and uh, I'm going to play just part of an interview that I they did. I wish we'd have thought of that, man. I know. we were, Golly. I did think about it. But, you did? Why you ain't say nothing? Well, We'd have to travel. So I'd have went by myself if you couldn't yeah, go. Know, Shoot, I'd have been gone. But the, the, uh, yeah, the whatever's happening down in Asbury, they're like publicly they're putting a kibosh on it as of today, mm. the twenty uh, second. Is today the twenty second? Yeah, yeah, it is. 
So, uh, but this is, this interview was done a few days ago, you know, partway through, but um, I forget the name of this college student, but why don't we listen to this? All right. My prayer is that everybody who hears about this, everybody who walks in these doors will leave so incredibly changed that they won't be able to go back into the old way of life. That you'll be able to step into a new way of life in Jesus Christ and be able to feel his presence in you. Because as believers, we are the temple of God. He told us that in his word. And that's incredible. So we can feel his presence wherever we are. You don't have to be here at Asbury. You can be wherever you are and feel God's presence and seek after him wholeheartedly. And I would encourage you to do that. Seek after him. You can never seek after God too much. This is just a little bit of singing from, mm, from Hugh's chapel. So what do you think about that? And what I man, I think I agree. You know, we don't have to be in yeah. a certain place to experience the presence of God. Yeah. Um, you know, I anytime I hear the word feeling or feel, mm-hmm. it kind of like makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Which is a feeling. Which <laughs> which <laughs> just truly is a feeling. Because, you know, I've seen both sides of this thing mm-hmm. in my life in Christ where you got people who are all about feelings, and you got people who feel like feelings. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't feel a thing. That's from the mm-hmm. devil. Yeah, and they and feel like, pretty strongly about that. Yeah, very strong. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. So, you know, I I think that, you know, the Bible, I take it as a factual book, like mm-hmm. it is the Word of God. And mm-hmm. when it says something, I have a choice to make to believe or not believe. And when mm-hmm. it says that I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit and it resides in mm-hmm. me, then I take that factually and I believe that God mm-hmm. is living in me. Does that make me God? No. Does that give me the abilities of God? Mm -hmm. I would say no, because the spirit of God is in me and I don't necessarily have control of it. But I believe that this shouldn't be like, oh, I can feel the spirit in me. Mm -hmm. That way I know I have it Mm -hmm. versus the Bible says I have Mm -hmm. it. Therefore, I believe it. And then I act accordingly. Mm -hmm. So some people say, if you don't feel it, you ain't got it. Mm -hmm. What? You know, so it's just yeah. crazy. So that's what I think about. That's the thing that stood out to me yeah. about feeling the presence of God. And like what stood out to me was I've heard, I've listened to a lot of stuff, people commenting on what's going on in Asbury. And the people who are more negative towards it are saying, oh, why do we got to go down there? Isn't God everywhere? Can't he be present in our church service wherever? It's like, yeah, he can. And uh, that's true. And and this student said the same thing. But I don't think that negates the fact that sometimes God shows up in certain places in special ways. Like God can do both, right? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, let let some preacher that they like show up at a place and they'll break the bank <laughs> yeah, to go to the conference that's absolutely and right. pay for a front that's row seat right. for a person that's human. But yeah. now we see that something that's going on that's godly, yeah. and we'll say, "Oh, we ain't gonna break our necks to go yeah. see that." It's like in a, in a seminary or a school that you maybe disagree with their some of their doctrines, and you know, it's. I have I have a quote from a pastor here. I want I, I want you to tell me when do you think this was written? Oh, okay. The quote says this: "Conversions have become rare in this age, 
In the last age, in the days of our fathers and other parts of the world, scarcely a sermon was preached, but some were converted, and sometimes hundreds in just one sermon. Which of us can say that we've seen anything like this? The body of the rising generation today is poor, perishing, unconverted, and except that the Lord should pour down His Spirit, it's an undone generation. There are many that are profane, drunkards, swearers, obscene, scoffers at the power of godliness, despisers of those that are good, disobedient, others that are only civil and outwardly conformed to good order, but by reason of their education, but they never knew what the true birth means. So the question is... Like, when was that written? So I was going to say it was written yesterday (laughs) or like during our time, but because the way you read it was the way it was written, people don't talk like that today, so I'm going to say the 1500s. Yeah, correct. So that was was written in 1678 by the Reverend Dr. Increase Mather. I love that. Love his podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I love that name, Increase. But that was... Um, that was before the first great awakening in our country. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, again, we tend to think that today is as dark as it's ever been, but we need to keep in mind our country has gone up and down and up and down over over the generations. And, and we need to think that America ain't the only country on earth. That's true. <laughs> you know, we're just one small country yeah, that's, compared to the whole. Yeah. Yeah. So, but this quote, like it sounds like today and... um and I guess a question that I have too is like in times of like darkness, like Dr. Increase Mather had experienced and in times of uh, darkness that we experience today, like what is it about today that could make us ripe for revival? What do well, you think? I just, so I saw a headline, don't remember where, and I don't know if there was an article to read, I can't remember, but it was, it may have been of somebody saying something on social media that, the Grammys just a few weeks ago, mm. how so much of it seemed to be satanically influenced mm-hmm. from what people said, the way people acted, and like what people even wore. Yeah. Like with these costumes with devil horns and red and yeah. and all this kind of stuff and just the way they were dancing, almost mm-hmm. like some kind of like ritualistic mm-hmm. type thing. Um, so you have that where who knows how many millions of people mm-hmm saw the Grammys and like, I think what the person said was something along the lines of like, you had the Grammys and like Satan doing his thing, but then not look at what the thing that God does, you know, in this little bitty town of Mm -hmm. what, 600 people or something with this university. And now you got people traveling from other countries. Yeah. Like physically coming. I think I saw Singapore on there. I saw Canada on there, like just a list of different, a lot of States in the U S but even some countries people traveled to come like be a part of or witness this thing. And it was almost mm-hmm. like the Grammy thing was small and pale yeah. in comparison to what so God Hollywood did. put all its stuff behind this one event, the Grammys, and mm-hmm. it's paled into comparison to what some college students with a guitar yeah. on the campus. With some guy that preached a sermon that I wasn't mean, very good. Well, according <laughs> to him, it wasn't very good. Yeah, right. Yeah. His text to his wife was like, I let it. There's another stinker that came out Yeah, or oh, something really? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, that's the words he used. Like, wow. Oh, another stinker. I'll be home in a little while. Yeah. And then a little while never happened. Yeah. So, yeah, there was a, was it the, um, I saw a guy at the, a picture of a guy at the Grammys. I think this was a Grammys. 
Sam Smith, is that a singer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had like this big black bubbly outfit. Is mm-hmm. that the event? Yeah, but he had a red one on that was and, with okay, the horns red and one. stuff that when he was performing sense. on stage. So I didn't see that, but I saw a picture of him with that outfit and people were online were saying, what's, what's this outfit means? And I took one look at it and I was like, that looks like a spade from the deck of cards. Mm-hmm. And the spade, I mean, symbolically, more symbolism for you other than the duck, but it represents like a dead leaf, mm. right? So like a, it represents death and it represents Satan. Like mm. you have the good leaf from the tree of, of life, but then this is like a black dead leaf, mm. which represents evil. So I think you're onto something with Yeah, well, it wasn't me. That. Somebody else said that I'm just repeating. So what is, uh, what is revival? And to like... And in these terms, I know ahead of time we talked about, we're going to be talking about revival versus renewal. Like, are they in the Bible? Well, sure, God uses, you know, terms like revive, revive our hearts, things like that. But these terms have come from people who have lived through the different revivals in, um, in world history here in this country and in other places. And they've they've been able to see like okay this event something's different like this is different than the normal kind of ministry and events that we typically see that are standard something radically different happened so guys like uh, Jonathan Edwards in 1735 here's um here's what what he wrote he says uh, and it was and it was and then it was in the latter part of December that the spirit of God began extraordinarily to set in and wonderfully to work among us. And very suddenly, one after another, five or six people who were all in appearances savingly converted, and then some wrought upon in a very remarkable manner, so that in the spring and summer following, in 1735, the town seemed to be full of the presence of God. Our public assemblies were then beautiful. The congregation was alive in God's service. Everyone was earnest and intent in the public worship. Every hearer eagerly to drink in the words of the minister. This work seemed to be at the greatest height of this town in the former part of the spring in March and April. At that time, God's work in the conversion of souls was carried on among us in so wonderful a manner that so far as I can judge, it appears to have been at the rate of at least uh, four or five persons in a day or 30 in a week. But then he says this, and this is a key, I think. He says, when God in so remarkable a manner took the work into his own hands, there was as much done in a day or two as at ordinary times with all endeavors that men can use. And with such a blessing as we commonly have is done in a year. So that's the distinction for me. Like Edwards is saying that a revival happens when God takes matters into his own hands Mm -hmm. and he says, okay, I'm going to start to work. I'm going to start to do things. Um, And, like I think of, so I think of listening to a, a, you know, like when you listen to a podcast on like two times speed, mm-hmm. well, if you could like listen to it on like 10 times or a hundred times speed, it's like the, um, qualitatively it's the same, but quantitatively it's different. You listen to it, it faster. And I think that's like what revival is. Revival is God suddenly putting on his work on like 10 times speed. Mm -hmm. So like the same kinds of things shouldn't be happening as normally happen in Christian ministry, in our faith, 
like repentance and belief and worship and Bible reading, all those happen, but at a very increased rate. So revival is mostly a, a, a quantitative change rather than a qualitative change. Yeah, you know, when I when I first, when we first, you know, kind of talked about mm-hmm. renewal versus revival, my first thought was like, where do these terms come from? You know, like who invented them? Mm-hmm. And I was even thinking like, well, renewal seems like a word that could be used outside the context of the church, whereas revival mm-hmm. seems like, but I guess like if you revived someone like that was incapacitated, yeah. You know, I don't know, but it just seems like I only hear the word revival when it comes to like churchy things. Mm-hmm. And then renewal is something that I, I've heard outside the context of the church. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like, OK, well, what are the definitions of these two terms? And like, are they biblical? Mm-hmm. Like, do we see renewal in the Bible and do we see revival mm-hmm. in the Bible? Well, you had a good example. Um, yeah, well, when I was thinking about that, I was first thinking revival. Like, mm-hmm. where in the Bible can I recall where an act of God took place where tons, if not all the lives mm-hmm. were changed. And of course in acts, mm-hmm. you know, you had that, which is the biggest, most glaring mm-hmm. example. But then I thought about Jonah, Yeah, you know, and it's That's like, good. here's a guy who didn't want to go. That's really who good. Had a change of mind yeah. because he got swallowed by this big fish <laughs> and he even still kind of begrudgingly. And you know, it's funny, like this guy, um, in Kentucky who gave this sermon yeah. who said it was a stinker. I yeah. wonder how Jonah felt. Like, oh, this was a stinker, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, 40 days and you guys are going to perish. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. my sermon. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's like, I'm not saying Jonah said his sermon was a stinker, but yeah. it's like he probably was, I mean, it wasn't something he was overjoyed mm-hmm. about doing, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't seem like this guy in Kentucky, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't even supposed to be the speaker. No. There was no. somebody else yeah. that was like a person that was somebody in the church world. Robert Cunningham was supposed to be there, and he is like over all of Kentucky with whatever ministry he has. He's a real smart, well-versed guy, and he was supposed to be there. Yeah, so this guy like preaches in lieu of him, Yeah, and in his mind, it was very mundane, but honestly, like I listened to some of it, and I read more than I listened Mm to, and I thought there was great stuff in there. Mm-hmm. So it made me think, well, dang, if, if he thought that was a stinker and if other people thought it was mundane, I never should speak again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For real, because he said some great one-liner, yeah. basic, not not like yeah, yeah. master degree, doctorate degree mm-hmm. level writing or speaking, mm-hmm. but much, much like content, much depth mm-hmm. to me and what he said simply. The way he said it is what struck me that – like in hindsight, we can look back on it, but like it was very like, oh, I'm going, n- not as if he was just going through the motions, but he was just giving it a, a three times a week chapel service. They were working their way through Romans. This happened to be the next chapter. And he was just giving his message. There wasn't, there wasn't that big of an expectancy. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. Like, it I don't think seem. he was expecting much yeah, anything different to happen than what had happened the last couple times so, they had. Chapter. So for me, like some of these things that we're going to be talking about, kind of, kind of hint towards like a work of God in the form of a revival. Well, I, I mean, you know? that would have been like Tony Evans or Urban Lucer, yeah, or yeah. you know, some Someone big name person. Yeah. You would think, oh man, fire! Like yeah. the, the Holy Spirit yeah. gonna rain down like and they're never shouting before. and they're bringing the word and it's you know quote unquote powerful to us Christians and yeah. But it's the simple, yep. like, 
unassuming person who was a pastor and now works for some nonprofit ministry yeah. with missionaries, you know, so it's not like this guy's dedication in mm-hmm. life right now mm-hmm. is to be preaching mm-hmm. the word of God as his main ministry mm-hmm. that he does. Mm-hmm. So it definitely speaks to the power of God doing something yeah. and not him doing yeah. anything. So uh, Dr. Michael Gleason, who wrote a couple of books on revival um, that I have here, one is called When God Walked on Campus, uh, a great book about college revivals. And another, the other book that he has is uh, When God Walked Among the Nations, Leaders and Lessons from the First Great Awakening. So he has a, so if anyone wants to check out revival resources, those are a couple. But he has a quote about the main goal of a revival. And I think this is helpful. He said, the primary objective of revival is not the restoration of the church or the conversion of the lost. No, the ultimate objective of revival is to bring honor to the Most Holy One, for during such wondrous seasons of our dear and sacred Savior in all His supremacy is more purely worshipped, more supremely glorified, more wonderfully enjoyed, more deeply known, more reverently loved, and more vigorously obeyed by hearts subdued and concentrated for His service. Mm. Main goal of revival is, is to glorify God. Now, these other things might happen, conversion and the church coming together more. That's so, true. So would you say then, based on this statement that he made, that we shouldn't, like people shouldn't even be praying for a revival? No, I think we should be praying for a revival. Um, well, I mean, let me, let me rephrase my question. Yeah. Like, for me, for years, I hear people pray. Like, I was in prison, and, like, people come in, and mm-hmm. Southern Baptist people pray, we need revival. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I mean, we need revival. So I just mm-hmm. kind of jump on the bandwagon, right? And, and the context of revival, what they were speaking of was souls being saved. Mm-hmm. And so I've always linked okay. revival yeah. to salvation okay, and not a whole lot more. Like, okay. historically, now I do have a little bit more yeah, that yeah, I would yeah. add to that. But historically, for me, that's what I always linked it to. Yeah. And so because of that, it's like, well, based on what he says, like we shouldn't be praying for revival for souls to yeah, get yeah. saved. In we should be sense. praying that these things he yeah. said be done. Yeah, I agree. That's a great. So if you if people hear the word revival, like pray for revival, don't, don't first think, yeah, so sinners can be saved, souls can be saved. But we pray for it so God can be saved. Uh, glorified and all these things happen like i love uh what dr gleason said like that he's a more uh, vigorously obeyed and heart subdued and concentrated for a service like i love that mm-hmm. um, it just makes me think like based on this like these are things that individuals do like mm-hmm. personally like do we gather in a group to reverently love God more mm-hmm. to supremely glorify him to wonderfully enjoy him mm-hmm. I guess the answer can be yes mm-hmm. but it sounds to me like this is an individual thing that Gleason is saying like mm-hmm. we as believers in Jesus revival will come when God's people are doing these yeah. things and now the mighty God of heaven and earth will yeah. come and interact with that's right. us that's right we concentrate on the small things we concentrate on at that level, at the renewal level, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Then God may choose to bring the revival. So there's a verse from Isaiah 57, 15. Uh, do you have it there? Yeah, yep. Go ahead and read it. It says, For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. 
I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with him who is of contrite and lowly spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. I just love that. Mm. You have God in all his magnificence and glory and highness. And where does he choose to inhabit? In the lowest place, the, the contrite hearts. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I got something I want to say so bad, but I want to save it to, for our second okay. portion because I think it's so relevant. Yeah. I hope I don't forget it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, I, I like this too. You know, I dwell in a high and holy place and also with him who is of a mm-hmm. contrite and lowly spirit. So it's like God is saying, I'm here mm-hmm. at the highest of mm-hmm. highs, but also I'm here with the lowest of low. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you have a, a contrite and lowly spirit, mm-hmm. that's when I am present with yeah. you. And it's like, what what more time would we need God to be for mm-hmm. us than when we have a lowly and contrite mm-hmm. spirit? It's like you said before, we're the negative pole on the battery. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like when you have... It, it takes the positive pole, the high pole, and then the low pole together to create the energy for mm. uh, personal revival or, or renewal. Like, yeah. we need to humble ourselves in like the ordinary, lowly actions of Christian obedience, and then that's when God's power is made perfect. Right? Yeah, it's like when we in get low. Yeah, you know, he he when we get low, he gets higher. Yeah, and then he lifts us up from our that's low. Right. That's right. And so as we're praying for revival, if you do pray for it, it it's nothing that it's nothing that we do. Like we can't manufacture. People can't take the fire from Asbury or anywhere else and go back and do it. There was there was one uh, guy who lived during I think the Welsh revivals. I forget his name in like 1905, and someone was eager to go there and then to learn his techniques and everything that happened there and to bring it back. Yeah. And he said, absolutely not. I don't want you to do that because if you try to bring this back to your context, that means it's your work and not God's work. Wow. And you know what? And that, that I'm glad you said that because that just reminded me like how many people I was thinking from this Asbury mm-hmm. thing were talking about now take it back. Mm-hmm. That's what even, even I heard some students saying some leaders mm-hmm. there say, Hey, you've like, if you're, you come here, like the experience is like the, the best thing you can do is take this back mm-hmm. with you, take it to your church, mm-hmm. take it to your small group. And it's like, okay, take what back? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, are you taking, you can't, you shouldn't be thinking I'm taking God back because yeah, yeah, he should correct. already be present. Yeah. And if he isn't, that's, that's a, more yeah. of a problem you need to mm-hmm. address than a revival happening. Mm-hmm. You need to address how come God isn't in the midst mm-hmm. of your church or in your, yeah. your small group Bible study. The only thing you can take back is your humble and broken heart. Yeah. That's yeah. what you can. Yep. And take back the commitments that you made while you're here right. of repentance and of like living right. Take that back with you. But but I think the context they were, some were talking about was like, take this this experience back with you. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah. how could you would put it in a bottle <laughs> yeah. and like take it back and open it up and poof, instant revival, like add water and stir yeah. it. And now you have revival. Yeah, no. So uh, what was the, what's the revival? What, whatever is happening in Asbury and what's it like? They don't like calling it a revival there. The term that the students are using there is an awakening. Yeah. So I've listened to, uh, quite a few interviews and podcasts about it, and these are some of the things that uh, that I've learned. Um, the student body president, uh, Allison Prefater, Prefater, told Tucker Carlson 
that after a fellow student decided to openly confess some of his sins to a small group, the atmosphere changed. So it was kind of kicked off like that. Zach mm. got done preaching on Romans uh, 12, and he had, in the, in the point at the end of the sermon was, there's all these ways that we need to love unhypocritically, love each other more, but mm. guess what? You can't do it, and you need Jesus' love, you know, and, and that was it. And he invited people to stay and pray if they wanted to, and there's not much expectancy. But one student decided to confess sins, and that seems to be um, a, hall, a hallmark, a hallmark of God's stirring, that stirring and reviving that that confession of sins. And when I was in college, and and Dr. Michael Gleason kind of notes the 1995 smaller renewals <laughs> happening in our country. But I feel like I was a part of something like that. Mm, okay. And when I became a Christian, because the thing that I first noticed when I was part of these Christian gatherings was all my peers <laughs> were confessing their sins, like, welcome to church. And they were sharing all the, the wrongs and sins, the bad things they have done. That was my first introduction to that kind of Christianity. Mm. And I thought, I've never, this is bizarre. Like mm. they're like doing the exact opposite of everyone else who yeah, wants to wanna hide it. Yeah. And promote <laughs> themselves and how yeah. good they are. These people were just being absolutely authentic and real. And it's like, and the spirit moved there. Like that's God dwells in the, in the, in the contrite hearts. But so that makes sense. What uh, Allison says uh, here. And then, then another mark, mark of this that I heard over and over and over again was that the atmosphere is just sweet, calm, peaceful. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Uh, nothing remarkable. In fact, they say it's unremarkable and people are traveling from all over to see it. And I don't know what they're expecting to see. Like, yeah, well, people want experiences these days. That's mm -hmm. the big thing is to be different, to have a different experience than someone else. And that kind of adds to your, you know, your know, fame. It adds mm. to your like brand. Yeah. You know, I was at, I was at this event. Mm. Oh, whoa. Like wish I could have been you type mm -hmm. of thing. There's yeah, so yeah. many people that won that, that experience. And so that's why I think a lot of people were gravitating there because mm -hmm. they wanted to feel some experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, plenty of the students were saying that they basically just wanted to be left alone. You know, yeah. if anything, they wanted their loved ones to be there to experience it mm -hmm. because, you know, who wouldn't, but they in, in large part just wanted to be left alone. Yeah. Some continued to go to class, you know, do what they needed to do. Um, I read a thing that said that several um, high profile, like, preachers and even musicians yep. reached out that wanted to come and they asked them please not yeah. to come. I heard that too. So I, I mean that was like wow I wanted to clap. Yeah. Like yeah. that's great because normally you think heck yeah come like, yeah. like blow this deal up. Yeah. <laughs> you know like in a good way. I couldn't imagine being the kind of leader who would reject <laughs> like if I don't know who it was but yeah, I don't know either. let's say whoever it whoever was. called yeah. me up and said hey can we come and do a concert here. I'd be like, absolutely, let you know, come down, let's blow this up more. So it's impressive. Yeah, and that is a sign of the spirit yes. of God there. Yeah. Saying that, no, you have someone here more important than mm -hmm. David Crowder or yeah. whoever. Yep. You know, you have the high and uh holy God here. That's right. That's yep. right. Yep, that's amazing. 
uh, and they, um, they're praying more. There's lots of repenting going on, praying for each other, reading their Bibles. Uh, one guy said the extroverts were <laughs> mainly up front, you know, laying hands on people and praying and that, but the introverts were, were in the back reading their Bibles and journaling. Wow. That was his way of putting yeah, it. So there's like a little bit of everything uh, going on. And then their motto, I thought this was great. Their motto is, during this has been radical humility, radical purity, and radical hunger. Mm. I think that's great. Humility, that's that lowliness. Purity, you know, no mixed motives. Not for us, all to God. And then hunger. God, we want more of you. Like, again, these, these are things that every Christian should want in their own life anyways. Mm-hmm. And one way of applying this to to your life, to our life is, yeah, study some of these things and say, hey, do I have these? Are these my pursuits in my life? Because when God revives it, he just, he, he just speeds it up, like I said. But yeah. these are the, the basic ingredients. Another guy said there's a, there's a weightiness in there, but then there's also a joy in there at the same time, which I thought was, was mm. cool. That probably goes to the Isaiah 57, 15 verse, um, the highness and then the lowness. A uh, lot of weeping, um, lots of repentance, and people said conversions too. Uh, one pastor who was from a more of a, a charismatic background who was very cynical going into this because he grew up in that. And he's like, you know, I've, I've been there, done that many times. Mm-hmm. And he said, he said, the atmosphere is understated and powerful rather than what he's always been used to, overstated and weak. Mm. That's so good. Wow. Like as, a, as, as Christian leaders, I so, was so guilty of that where I wanted to, make atmospheres as powerful <laughs> and mm. overstated as I could. You know, you get the big names, you get mm. the bands, you get all the hype and all that. And then the end result is just a weak event, basically. Yep. But he's saying this is the opposite. They had none of those trappings and it's just very understated, but yet God's power uh, is coming through. And also found it interesting. They were claiming like John nine as part of the story uh, undergirding them. And John 9, you have this blind man who is healed and the Pharisees coming to him and saying, who did this? How did he do it? And they're like, he's like, we don't know. All we know is that we were blind, but now we see. Mm-hmm. And people are coming to Asbury and to the campus and saying, what's going on? How are you doing this? They're like, we don't know. All we know is that God is here mm-hmm. and things are different now. into a helpful chart in Mike Gleason's book on revival versus renewal. So um, in his book, When God Walked Among the Nations, he has right, right away at the beginning, which I thought was pretty helpful, 
a chart on differences between revival and renewal. So as, as, as people are thinking about this, how to categorize this. And it's also, um, it's not just about knowing, I guess, the categories and how to define things. But for me, it's helpful because it puts me in the position where I can seek one thing, the renewal part. And then in that normal course of Christian obedience, hopefully God can bring the other column about, which is the revival part. So just having some of these distinctions. So he says that, uh, for instance, a revival is uh, what God does, often through human agents and in accordance with the decrees of Scripture, to effortlessly cause personal and corporate reformation, resulting in genuine repentance, abundant uh, conversions, heartfelt obedience to Christ and His Word, Spirit-inspired prayer, and glorious worship. A renewal is what Christians labor to do through the enablement of the Holy Spirit in accordance with the decrees of Scripture to, to, progress, in per, to progress in personal and, corpor- and corporate uh, reformation through disciplined obedience to Christ and His Word, spirit-dependent prayer, genuine worship, heartfelt repentance, and personal evangelism. So it's almost as if like the renewal is just the normal course of Christian duty, uh, we doing these things, we're depending on his spirit to do them, and uh, we're, we're hoping for the best, but yeah, but it's it's our effort, and you know, blessed by God, versus a revival, like when we're doing those things, suddenly that's when God shows and that's, up. And that's what I was going to say, like, could we say that renewal leads to revival? Yeah. Because if we as Christians who have the power to do these things Mm -hmm. that are defined as renewal, if we're doing those things, then does that not get God excited Mm -hmm. that then he wants to come down and interact with us, but just do that. Like you say, 10 times speed. Yeah. You know, I think like it's probably both, (laughs) both and because I don't want to turn this into a recipe. Like you said earlier either. Like if we do these things and that, you know, yeah, you're right. Because sometimes, right. like, I love your Jonah illustration because because those people weren't, I mean, they weren't doing any of this stuff. You know, the Ninevites. Oh, no, they was doing the opposite. They were doing the opposite. <laughs> but I guess the only thing that they did do is that when Jonah preached the law to them, basically, they were convicted of their sins and they repented and they mm-hmm. put on the sackcloth and ashes. So they did do that, but they had no idea about revival or that God could have mercy. No, you're right. And there was no renewal amongst them. No. But, you know, could we say that, you know, was Jonah exhibiting these renewal things within himself? Hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm always down on Jonah, you know, because he just wanted to run away. That's right. And then after he did it, you'd have thought he'd been like, wow, look at what God Mm. did. He's Instead, still, he went and sat under that plant, and then he got yeah. mad because it wasn't shading him. <laughs> you know, yeah. he just the dude just kept yeah. going down, down, down. Yeah. So anyway. So it just shows that, like, yeah, there's no formula. Um, yeah. But there's no formula, but then also that there is, though, a difference. Because yeah. both you and I have ministered and work in context, and, you know, you labor, you pray, you depend, you know. You get glimpses, sparks of things happening, uh, and they're great, and thank God for those the fruits that we see. 
but then there's a quantitative difference in like if we do what we do, then all of a sudden hundreds of thousands of people react to it over a longer period of time. Like, Like that's just different. So then should we be more concerned with renewal because those are efforts that we can put forth yeah. to build upon our own spirituality and just let God be concerned with revival. And if we happen to be a part of that, mm-hmm. praise God. Yeah. And if we're not a part of that, it's not a bad thing mm-hmm. because it's something God chooses mm-hmm. to do. And we should be happy when it does happen. Mm-hmm. Because like we talked earlier as well about all these, you know, people who have, you know, unkind and bad remarks towards what happened at Asbury. And mm-hmm. I, another thing I liked about they said, like, we when we put a title on this thing, really, mm-hmm. we don't want to call it revival. Mm-hmm. We'll call it an awakening. And I'm even like, why call it anything? Mm-hmm. You know, when God came and met with man, yeah. you know, call it yeah. that. Yeah. God came and supped mm-hmm. with us, so mm-hmm. to speak. And so this is what God did. Mm-hmm. And like, did we see sin happening as a result? I don't, I haven't heard any reports. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there were people that were there that were skeptics mm-hmm. that was like bloodhounds trying to sniff mm-hmm. any ungodly things out. And I haven't, I mean, I'm sure like because the world we live in, somebody going to be able to say they found something yeah, and yeah. blow it up into something. Yeah. But overall, for the most part, for as long as this thing lasted, I haven't heard anything but, you know, repentance, mm-hmm. reading the Bible, singing, crying, you know, like those are good things. Yeah. So why can't, why can't the Christian community be happy? Mm-hmm. Why can't we say praise God for mm-hmm. what you did in yep. Kentucky yep. for this period of time for those individuals yep. and leave it at that? Yeah, rather than being critical and judging and saying, oh, it's not real or it's contrived. Yeah. Or, I mean, my first yeah. thought whenever I heard about it was like, whoa, like let me take a step back mm-hmm. because like mostly everybody in the world, I'm going to have an opinion on something, but before I have an opinion, I need more information, mm-hmm. you know, and the information I got is like, wow, revival and all these incredible things are happening. It's like, like it got me excited. Yeah. Then I was like, wait a minute. Like I don't have enough information yet because I don't want to promote something that is not of God. Mm-hmm. So I just postured myself and said, okay, God in prayer, like, I don't know what's happening. What I'm hearing seems to be good and mm-hmm. all from you. Um, I'm going to have an opinion mm-hmm. on this. I want to have like the right opinion. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I like help me have some understanding, mm-hmm. help me not be critical um, and help me just in my little tiny realm mm-hmm. of influence that I live in, help me develop um, a mindset to understand mm-hmm. this thing so I can communicate yeah. it to people that I'm in, you know, that I'm around. And it's not like they're doing something, some sin, like you said, it's not like they're trying to earn money off of this or it's not like a health wealth kind of thing going on. Yep. They're not starting a cult. <laughs> they're not, but it's only good things. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, call it good. then. So another uh, distinction that he makes in this chart is revival is characterized uh, within much of the book of Acts as illustrated in the following passage in Acts uh, 2 37. He says, When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to the number in a day. 
Renewal, on the other hand, is renewal is characterized within many of the commands found in the epistles, as il- so the letters of Paul, as illustrated in the following words of, the, of Paul, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good pleasure, Philippians 2. So, again, renewal is more of our normal Christian obedience, continuing to work that salvation out, but then revival would be more of that acts feeling. So another distinction, uh, he says, revival acknowledges the manifest presence of God, indisputable and piercing within human lives. Renewal acknowledges the general presence of God, sometimes quietly present, other times actively present. So how do you how do you think that the Asbury fits into those two? Because like you said, people were coming wanting to have this great experience. Uh, and I and I did hear people saying that their experience of it was you could feel like a tangible feeling of, of God's presence there. But um Gleason is saying that revival is it's like manifest, it's like obvious that God is in this place. Yeah, I would say for me, the things that were happening would demonstrate the um acknowledgement of the manifest presence of God mm-hmm. by the fact of people openly just confessing sins. Mm-hmm. You know, like lots lots of people. Because that's, you know, that's not normal. That's not normal. That's not normal. I would yeah. say people You're right. like wanting to literally sit down and like read God's word. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. to me it's like a hungry man sitting down at a dinner table to play full of food and he mm-hmm. hasn't eaten in a week. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, ravaging mm-hmm. through this stuff. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of like mm-hmm. the sense I got, like people just wanting to dig in this mm-hmm. thing and like continue like learning about God. Mm-hmm. You know, so I would say for me, just things like that, um, pe- people crying. You know, people can cry for various reasons, um, but I think a lot of tears from some people I heard, you know, speaking were from joy, Mm -hmm. you know, not from maybe feeling bad Mm -hmm. because of their sin. Um, You know, so, yeah, those would be things I would say that, you know, would be indicative of revival. Mm -hmm. And then renewal, acknowledging the general presence of God, to me, that's likened to, you know, believing what Scripture says. Yeah. You know, like the Holy Spirit lives in us. We're mm-hmm. the temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Or the Bible says, wherever two or more gather in my mm-hmm. name, there I'm in the midst. So, mm-hmm. like, these are factual things the Bible teaches, and so we just believe them. Mm-hmm. Do we feel them? Do we necessarily have an experience when you and I are together or if we're in a smaller group of people? Or do we have an experience just amongst ourselves? when we know the spirit is the cause of something mm-hmm. that we did or didn't do. Mm-hmm. And I think we can, I think you and I both can agree that we've had experiences like that mm-hmm. individually and with groups of people that have happened, mm-hmm. you know, from time to time. But for the most part, that's uncommon, mm-hmm. at least for mm-hmm. me. And so it's like just knowing, okay, I have this spirit in me to help me and to, you know, pray for me when I don't know what to pray, to lead and guide me to make good decisions. Mm-hmm. And it's not feelings that I have per se. Mm-hmm. It's just facts that I know the Bible says. And, and by my faith I have in that, um, I put that faith in action. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, maybe most of the, the majority of times, we don't have a good feeling about whatever way we ministered or acted mm-hmm. and we think it was a stinker or a dud. 
And then that's when God um, chooses to work. Yep. I mean, I definitely can. I know there's been plenty of times where I've spoken at something and I just feel like, man, that sucked. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then you have somebody, man, when you said this one thing, it's like, I ain't even say that. I'm yeah. like looking through my nose. Where I yeah. ain't got nothing. So I don't know what God did yeah. and where, where they heard what they heard, but yeah. it was good and impacting them. I'm like, man, praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. It was him. Yep. <laughs> so he says, uh, Revival is experienced when God is mightily walking among the nations, among a church, or within the life of an individual Christian. So God walking mightily. Renewal is experienced by an individual Christian, the church or nation who is walking towards God. Man, that's a tough one there. Yeah, it's it. the language is confusing uh, to me anyways, but I think he's just saying that renewal, you know, we're walking towards God. That's that humble Christian obedience. Uh, doing what we're doing. Eugene Peterson's book, the book title was, is this great? He called a book, um, a long obedience in the same direction. Just that's what, that's what it is. We have a long obedience walking towards God, but then revival though, is as we're doing that to our surprise, God comes and we find he's walking mightily. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing that me says revival is experience when God is mightily walking among nations among a church, or within the life of an individual Christian. So revival, based on what he's saying, isn't just a group yeah. thing yeah. that God does. It can be one person and God, and revival happens. Yeah, And that's something that I've never thought before, you know, thought about. And I'm not saying I agree or disagree. This mm-hmm. is new information for me that I need to think about. Um, I don't see anything off the top of my head bad or wrong with that notion. Mm -hmm. But again, historically, when I think about revival, I think about large gatherings of things Mm -hmm. taking place. Mm -hmm. And according to him, it can just be one individual. One individual whose life is radically changed so that it's, it's not, it's not explainable. Right. So then he, um, ends in the chart with some, um, bullet points about, about what revival produces versus what, Renewal encourages. He says, Revival produces extraordinary spirit-prompted prayer. Revival produces profound conviction of sin accompanied by genuine repentance. Revival produces scores of of people divinely called to missions and ministry, notable social and moral transformation, numerous and powerful conversions, uh, and in word-centered movements, profound doctrinal penetrating and protracted scriptural study, teaching, and preaching. So a lot, things happen a lot longer in in revival. Versus renewal encourages disciplined spirit, dependent prayer, personal self-examination leading to conviction, and earnest repentance. Renewal produces a calling to missions and ministry, an emphasis upon social and moral transformation, the practice of personal evangelism, and disciplined scriptural study, teaching, and preaching. Mm. So what do you think about all that? So I just, I think it's kind of clear the differences, like in my mind now, the renewal is like the humble obedience, the doing our practices. Uh, We're encouraged to do these things and we just wait. We wait, we, we, 
we wait for God to act if he wants to act or not. And like, I think what's next, like, uh, what can the church, um, what can the church learn from this? How can we apply this? And I just want to say that like, like God starts these revivals, not us. And what we bring to the table is our humble obedience. And part of Zach's story that stood out to me when I listened to his message, which I, I think is part of it that really connected with the people who listened, which I didn't hear a lot of people talking about afterwards. And that was his sermon came from his brokenness. Zach was a, is a broken person. Like he mentioned the kind of abuse he endured mm-hmm. when he was younger. And so like he had a, a, a kind of, maybe authority in his words when he talked about these things that connected with people. And that's encouraging to me. It should be encouraging to people listening to this, that uh, that's that lowly, contrite, broken person Mm. that God wants to use, that God uses. And in fact, like that's, that's often the only kind of person God uses. And so if you out there think that you have nothing to contribute or to offer or to help or to like that's wrong god uses the humble broken uh person the simple person in the normal course of his or her uh christian obedience yeah i i, I look at it and i you know it's like i know it's the just the pessimist in me that's just like why do like this is obviously one person's take of defining renewal and revival. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, again, I agree or disagree, but the contrarian in me wants to say, why do we need to define in all these terms these things that are happening? Mm-hmm. And is is that helpful? Is it not helpful? Yeah, I mean... You know, I guess maybe because I'm not that intellectual of a person that when it comes to intellectual things, I have a a tendency to want to poo-poo them mm-hmm. um, because not not because I don't understand them. Sometimes that's the case. Um, not not this not being one of those times where it feels like less is more, even like this sermon that Zach preached. Mm. Less is more. Like the last thing we need is hundreds of books written about this. Mm. This is just my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, and if somebody differs like that's fine. Like I'm not going to argue and fuss and fight you about that. But it's like what I would argue and fuss and fight about is getting in the word of God and being obedient to the word of God. And guess what? Mm-hmm. These types of things will happen. Mm-hmm. And do we need to know why and how and when and where and what we can do, if anything, to make these things happen? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's putting my nose in the book and praying to God and seeking God and living out the Bible the best way I can mm-hmm. and letting God be God mm-hmm. and not me trying to figure out everything mm-hmm. that God is doing and in doing it a lot of times we're figuring things out that we're attributing to God that's not even God mm-hmm. you know it's man's own opinion about something so you know I again I'm not saying I agree or disagree with this but definitely in my mind I'm thinking 
Like, like me knowing this today, honestly, as it stands, February twenty second, two thousand twenty three. Is not going to enrich my life or change mm-hmm. my life. Zero percent. Mm-hmm. It's not adding anything to me mm-hmm. and what I'm doing. And maybe that's a problem. Maybe mm-hmm. it should be. I don't. I mean, I honestly say maybe I'm missing something. Well, maybe th- I'm off. I think maybe you're 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 intuiting a danger, and the danger might be knowing all about something and then not and not experiencing it. So like I've. I've said before that we're saved by faith. We're not saved by knowing we're saved by faith. So we can, I think the danger like of breaking it apart and analyzing all this is like saying, okay, I got it. I got all the categories. I have the doctrines. I have the knowledge. I know how these things work, but then that's it. You're not actually experiencing it. You're not actually living it out. Your nose isn't actually to the grindstone. You're not living out that that humble life, but you think you're safe. And that's, that's the bumper sticker moment for me Mm. that, okay, I've got it all figured out. I know what I need to do. I know how these things work. It's like, but are you, are you actually just praying? Are you actually seeking God? Or or do you think that you're okay just because you can define some terms and just because you think you know how these things work, just because you know, you know, quote unquote, know that these kinds of people are wrong and these kinds of people are right. Like, where's your heart in this? Yeah, I don't know why God chose to do what he did in Asbury several weeks ago. Mm. But we, what we can see, what was happening that day, was a guy who doesn't consider himself a heck of a preacher mm. giving a sermon where he put his own life out there yeah. and humbling himself before God and encouraged people to love one another with the love that God placed in them. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, someone felt led to confess their sins before God because they wanted to get right mm-hmm. and they wanted to turn away from that. Mm-hmm. And other people felt compelled based on those things. And maybe it was some music, a song that was saying, like there's other elements mm-hmm. too, I'm sure. But all those things, not because those students were seeking that, no, not no. because they had a thought that we're going to make something happen on this date. They were just responding mm-hmm. to the prompting of the Spirit of God in them mm-hmm. to live out what the Bible tells us to do. Yeah. And they started doing it. And then they kept doing it. And then they felt um, compelled to invite others into it. And then it turned into this big ordeal. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that's kind of my point is when we're doing things like that, mm. God is going to be who he is and do what he does when he wants, where he wants, with whom he wants. Mm-hmm. And we don't even have to. The good thing is we don't really have to be concerned about what that's God right. is going to do. That's right. All we need to do is be concerned about what, what we're yeah. going to do, yeah. how we're going to respond to the prompting yeah. of the spirit. So it doesn't change anything for that first student who confesses sins. Right. Yeah. He's glad he did it. Yeah. Either way. And if, yeah, if nothing else yep. would have happened but that, praise yep. God. Yep. And this thing happened, man, praise God. Yeah. It's still praise yeah. God. I'm reminded of that verse in John uh, chapter three when Jesus is talking with uh, Nicodemus, the uh, the Pharisee who, you know, knew a lot, had a lot of head head mm, knowledge, knew yeah. how things worked. Yeah. And Jesus said that the spirit blows wherever he wishes. Yeah. And you hear a sound, but you don't know where it comes or where it goes. 
So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Yeah. Spirit blows wherever he wishes. The thing that I always love about that interaction with Jesus and Nicodemus was when Jesus said, you must be born again, and Nicodemus being this scholarly mm. guy says, well, what must I do? Go back into my mother's womb? It's like, dude, that's the best you can come up with. Swinging a mess. <laughs> like, you a scholar, dude. Like, st- stop yeah. for a minute. But, like, I, like, I think it was super sincere. Mm-hmm. Like, why would this highly educated person say something so stupid? Because mm-hmm. he was clueless mm-hmm. as to what Jesus was talking about. Mm-hmm. And he had to break it down for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what we, and, and like, the simplicity in that, just being born again, mm-hmm. is so relevant. Yeah. Like, what does the, does this world need a revival? I'm not going to say yes or no. I'm going to let God be God. Does this world need to hear the gospel mm-hmm. and people accept and repent? I can say yes with confidence. Now, will a revival bring that? Sure. Mm-hmm. Revival brings that. But it's not like revivals, to my knowledge, they ain't happening every day. You know, but what can happen every day is that God's word can be preached, the gospel can be proclaimed, and we can see captives set free. And that's something that we can control, mm-hmm. and that will be called renewal. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm saying is if I'm going to go from these terms, as they're defined by this brother, that I'm going to focus on renewal mm-hmm. and revival that's God's thing. Yeah. Let him have his thing. He gave us renewal so he can have his revival. Yeah. And, le- and let's just leave it at that. Yeah. I agree. I think that's great. And I love you pointing out Nicodemus and, and being born again because that's a God act. I mean, talk about revival versus renewal, but you, you're not in charge of your own birth. <laughs> like that happens to you. Mm-hmm. It's a work of God that happens. And that reminded me of John 1, 1, 12, you know, famously, he says, but to, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become, to be called the children, no, to become the children of God. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you become a child. That's that new child, that new birth. Like you don't control that. And then he goes on and says in verse 13, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. So it's like, you're not controlling this. Mm-hmm. When you think that you can control it, like you're, the will of your fl- flesh, the will of your blood, that's not it. God has to do it. And the result is a new creature, a new kind of person, not just the same old thing. That's a beautiful part of it. Yep. We're, we're, we're given the divine nature. Yep. Like people don't, I don't think we get that. We're not given more of the same kind of nature, human nature that we have, but we're given a new nature in Christ. Amen. One that's going to live on forever. Amen, brother. Amen. No, that's good. And that's a work of God, not of us. It's a work of God. You know, Jesus didn't tell Nicodemus, hey, they having a revival meeting over in (laughs) in Antioch or over in um, Ephesus. You know, he said, man, you need to be born again. Yeah. You know, that's what you need. And then that's when he said, for God so loved the world. Mm Mm-hmm. That he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. So you guys heard it, man. Revival, renewal. You heard our takes. You heard some other people's takes. Mm -hmm. This is our two cents for what it's worth. I would say my hope and prayer, not just for myself, but for all of us, is that we can posture ourselves before God and say, I ain't got this thing all figured out. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to do what's right by you, though, God. Mm -hmm. 
And it starts with me like living out the gospel. Mm -hmm. It starts with me proclaiming the gospel. It starts with me repenting of my sin mm -hmm. and getting right with God. And if we can do that, mm -hmm. man, we on a wonderful path. Yeah. Wonderful path. And we're not going to be not like peacocks, like you like to say, strutting ourselves, yeah. wearing our black spade puffy costumes or whatever, but we're coming with our sins and our authentic selves and being real. Yeah, maybe we need That's to take a, to maybe we need to take a page out out the preacher's book and this kid who confessed his yeah. sins. Maybe sometimes these yeah. very eloquent sermons that we coming up with is more us and our oratory skills than it is the simplicity of God's word of just mm. saying, here's what it is and putting ourselves out there. And then being bold and being courageous and just saying, hey, man, I'm struggling with this sin. God, forgive me. And saying it audibly for people to hear, to yeah. let them know you're keeping it real. Yeah. And maybe you'll see some kick off at your church or That's your That's where it starts. Amen. And that Amen. ain't no BS. Peace, y'all. Good kicking with y'all. Y'all take care until we hear you again. Um, don't go stepping in it. Peace.